0: And Welcome to the very first episode of And The Winner Isn't, a podcast for the movie aisle in which we take a look back at a film that didn't win the Oscar in the category in which it was nominated. And we try to decide whether our choice would have been a more worthy winner. But I'm saying we, who are we? My name is Marie and with me each week is going to be my good friend, Dan. Hi, Dan.
1: Hi, Marie. How are you?
0: I'm fine. Thank you. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fabulous, thanks.
0: Good, good. I'm so pleased that uh, you've agreed to do this. In fact, it was more or less your idea for the theme, so I'm so happy to be doing this. I might not be as happy in, say, half an hour's time, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, give me a half an hour and I'll probably change your mood.
0: (laughs) Pick me to shreds, no doubt. (laughs) Um, People may have found us through the Movie aisle, which is where I have been contributing reviews for a while now and if that's the case you'll know that i am a film fan based in the uk as you can probably hear um with a particular interest in films in languages other than english (coughs) um but also uh, general general release movies and other things that come my way um but whenever we get a general release movie i have no idea um who knows what's going to happen dan It will be unfamiliar to people listening. So, Dan, why don't you tell the listener about who you are and what your relationship is to film?
1: Well, my name is Daniel Morgan. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I have been, shall we say, a film fan all my life. Excuse me. Um, The first film I saw was in the summer of 1977. Uh, Just a little itty-bitty picture filmed in on your side of the pond, mainly, uh, called Star Wars, Wow. (laughs) Uh, A New Hope Later.
0: No, 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 it's never called A New Hope, it's just (laughs) Star Wars.
1: It it grabbed me from the first moment of four years old, and I have been hiding in theaters, sneaking into theaters, working in theaters um, ever since. Uh, I guess you could say I'm a failed actor, failed (laughs) director, and uh, currently... Trying my hand at screenwriting, so maybe the third time. Well, this would be the fourth time. Would be the charm. Well, podcasting.
0: How is this going to work? So, what we've decided is we are going to take it in turns each episode to choose a film that was nominated but didn't win its uh, best picture Oscar in a particular year. We'll see whether we think things have changed, or whether the original decision was a good one. Um, yes, it's going to be completely subjective uh award ceremonies are anyway and we with our opinions are of course we're going to be subjective but we hope we're gonna have some fun uh tearing these movies to shreds and probably Dan's going to eviscerate my opinions but (laughs) I'll save it for next time anyway. So when we first talked about this I was going to make you choose the first movie for our conversations. And then I said to you what I was going to choose and you said that would be a better starting point for a number of reasons. Shall we, shall we get ready to go? Uh, let's do it. Okay. So I have chosen 1976 Taxi Driver. Two, seven, two. Second call, four zero four four, four. four, one, and seven. One, five. final, four, four, eight. De Niro. Bang the Drum Slowly. The critics called him a brilliant new talent. After Mean Streets, they said he was a genius. For his performance in The Godfather Part Two, they gave him the Academy Award. Come on, man. Just get me out of here, all right? Now, Robert De Niro creates a terrifying Robert! portrait of life on the edge Boy, of madness. Tabby, hey, just forget about this. It's nothing. Taxi Driver, a film by Martin Scorsese. You talking to me? Well, who the hell you're talk, talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. I don't
1: believe I've ever met anyone quite like you.
0: Oh, yeah? Spoilers. We should have said that. Spoilers ahead. Um, we are going to talk about everything. Dan, enlighten us. Tell us about Taxi Driver.
1: Okay, so IMDB, my go-to uh, mm-hmm. movie source, says a mentally unstable veteran works as a nighttime taxi driver in New York City. Where the perceived decadence and sleaze fuels his urge for violent action by attempting to liberate a presidential campaign worker and an underage prostitute. Mm-hmm. I think we should probably also mention here uh, the other nominated films. Mm-hmm. You want to do that? You want to do that now or you want to yeah, do that later? So oh, the, sorry, the winner, so I forgot you know, to tell you. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, so Martin Scorsese directed this picture. He did. It was written by Paul. Uh, schrader
0: Mm -hmm. got to
1: give a shout out to the writers as a as a writer i think that's important uh starred robert de niro jodie foster sybil shepherd uh with appearances by peter boyle albert brooks and the great harvey Keitel. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and cinematography was done by a guy named michael chapman
0: um also nominated in that category were network um, bound for Glory, which I will put my hand up and say, I don't remember.
1: And um, I'm gonna echo that. That okay. might be the one and only time we agree today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, also in the running was All the President's Men. Wow, that was a tough field, wasn't it?
1: Indeed. And the
0: actual winner was. But you're
1: forgetting the Best Picture of the Year.
0: <laughs> according to the Academy, which <laughs> and was <you> were truly, <laughs> which was Rocky. Um, um, Rocky was the best picture winner uh, of 1976 the award ceremony in 77 but yeah but the film's released in 76 uh, Jodie Foster was nominated for supporting actress wow that, that's amazing score but also Bernard Herrmann was nominated for obsession that year as well so looks like he split his own vote um, the well, and De-,
1: De Niro was nominated for best actor
0: okay yeah
1: uh, but did not win. But did uh, not, yeah. Peter, Peter Finch won. and the network, uh, yeah. And then, yes, and actually uh, became the first posthumously awarded Oscar winner. He, uh, he had died earlier in the year.
0: Yeah, there are not that many posthumous awards, really, particularly in the acting categories. So that is noteworthy.
1: And also noteworthy is that the first ever woman nominated for a Best Director, uh, Lena Wertmuller, or yeah. Seven Beauties, uh-huh. a film I've not seen. But uh, when I read that, I thought, you know, I probably ought to check that
0: one out. So all in all, that's quite a strong year, really, uh, all around, to be honest. I guess the next place to go is why did I choose this one?
1: That's a very good question.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to regret this, are um, <laughs> One of the reasons I chose it was because just glancing without any thought... <laughs> I couldn't believe that it didn't win that year. And then I looked at what was there and thought, well, Network was strong, all the President's Men was strong. And then I realized that Rocky won and thought, "Um, so, or some noise like that. you're (laughs) pulling a face at me already, Mm -hmm. I can see. So I
1: think the thing- Indeed, because everybody loves an underdog, Uh, not to mention, it's just, it's a wonderful feel good
0: film. Watching people thump f- seven shades of shit out of each other. Well, you know, it,
1: it was the bicentennial of the United States. And here you have uh, a kid <laughs> from Philadelphia, a, a working class guy from Philadelphia who goes on to challenge the heavyweight title holder um, and, and goes the distance. You know, everybody knows how the story ends. So, but, you know, it, it, it's one of my all time favorite films. So you're not going to get me off of uh, why <laughs> that one was deserving of its victory. But there um, is a but, but as you say, yes, you know, it's like comparing two wonderful fruits and saying, which one's better? You know, yeah. what, what kind of frame of mind are you in? But I'm um, not nearly um, as high on my support for taxi drivers as you are, so.
0: No, that's um, fine. I mean, there is a difference between a, a good film and your favorite film. You know, some of my favorite films are not good or not, right. not award worthy, but. So, you know, I think we we can perhaps agree that far. You will never I'm not a boxing film fan anyway, so you're gonna really struggle to convince me that Rocky was a worthy award winner.
1: <laughs> so so I guess you haven't seen any of the other half dozen or so. I've seen Rocky the movie re-
0: I've seen um, Creed, I've seen. Okay. Yeah, but, but um, okay. Yeah. And I'd seen Rocky enough to recognise the the touchstones you know the montage the training montage and the, that kind of stuff but um fair enough yeah um what I would but that's say, not taxi- the one we're really here to talk no, about no it's today, not so. taxi driver one can the year it was released um so somebody liked it anyway not just me fair enough um when it so when it first came out i was too young to have seen it i know i said i'm old but in 76 i was not old enough to see a Taxi Driver, um, and for years and years it was one of the biggest blind spots that I ever had, and I actually saw it for the first time just under three years ago. I know my wow. my favourite independent cinema um, was showing it on the big screen. I'm guessing it was the 40 year redo. It must have been that. I can't remember exactly, but um, so the first time I saw it was actually on a big screen which was just it was really good for that reason and it was not at all what I thought it was going to be so I know every I think people know the poster and I kind of had that impression for the last 40 years that Travis Bickle was kind of a movie fanboy pin-up you know kind of this myth this role model kind of thing and then I watch it and I'm thinking this is it really sad and Damaged, lonely guy, and maybe it's all the incels in the cellar who've got the poster up. And really, it's it's not he's not a gangster hero for the ages. It's a really different film than I had been expecting. So I think that again made made it just hit me and thought, what, what am I watching? This is not what I was expecting. And the other thing was that we had just had in the year I saw it and the year before a handful, well more than a handful, of um, terror attacks. Uh, in the UK, one of them being, and it's, I think it was today, today's the anniversary, one of our MPs, um, a woman called Jo Cox, was assassinated while canvassing in her constituency for the general election. I don't know if that crossed your news path at all, but that was perpetrated by what they would call the lone wolf attacker. In other mm. words, you know, a lot of these were not racially motivated in that sense. They were white males single operatives who just decided that, and, and he killed this one of our MPs while she was campaigning for her seat um, and all of that was happening just before I'd gone to see this film so I, mean, I think that kind of pulled uh, me in again it's and interesting he,
1: that you oh I'm sorry no didn't, no, no go talking, ahead. It's, inter- it's interesting that you mentioned that connection because um, while I have grown up a film fan and known about Taxi Driver I think the very first time I ever saw Taxi Driver was in a hotel uh, in New York City, wow! Um, in 2002, so um, I had uh, made it a point I, I wanted to see Ground Zero, um, and I was in my hotel when I turned that on, and uh, and I went back to New York. Oh, probably every other year after that, and have done so. And there's the image for me of the before 9/11, 2001, New York City, and there's the after. 9-11-2001, New York City. And and I think this taxi driver um, uh, resonates for me, the the, the pre-attacks city, this mm-hmm. kind of dirty, filthy, scary Gotham city. You, yeah. you know, I love Batman, so I'll put the plug in there. And now the kinder, gentler, the greatness that New York is and has become and 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 overcome such tragedy, That that's kind of what, my memory is of first seeing it. And when you suggested this, I thought, Oh, don't make me sit through this again. <laughs> and so I watched again last week just to kind of brush up to make sure I wasn't completely mad on the subject. Um, and this brings up my first point uh, of contention with this film is that the Robert De Niro character um, makes just a very brief In um, fact. I think it's only mentioned once in the film, as I recall, uh, that he had been a marine, um, and as a marine myself, former marine,
0: no, uh, yeah, always a, marine, always a exactly. Correct,
1: <laughs> correct. Simplify uh, mm-hmm. to all my Marine Corps buddies listening, <laughs> um, or who will listen. Um, it, it troubled me a bit. There was there was that drop, and then and then his slow mad decline into the chaos that will become the climactic scene of the movie. Mm-hmm seems to suggest that maybe he's, you know, without saying, uh, suffering from PTSD, which is, you know, obviously not to be taken lightly. And, and, and certainly many of my brothers in arms have suffered and continue to suffer and, and hopefully are seeking help and treatment um, in whatever way is possible. But um, that, that just rubbed me the wrong way.
0: And drop I, that yeah. and
1: then they that that's my first beef with this film.
0: I can understand that. Um, and, and we that. can go I, yeah. from there. No, I can understand that. Um it was dropped in um and I think I think his experiences if he had them, because you could always we never see the proof of that. So right. it could be that he's saying it, you know, and he declared he had an honorable discharge um did he you know we never see that it could be that that, that's him trying in his delirious state of being that he's invented that as a backstory because he thinks that would be good so it could be that he's not at all but all and also the fact that his experiences don't necessarily aren't necessarily the complete reason for his descent and he's a psychopath anyway regardless of, of that um so, and you're right, I, I, it was something that was kind of, yeah, here it is, this is what it is. Take it or leave it, um, and, and I'm, I'm for a moment not going to, to call you on that because I don't have that, that experience that you do. Um, so, you know, I'll just take that as it is and, 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 and leave that leave that with you because yeah, I, I can't comment.
1: Fair enough. Well, you know, I, I love Martin Scorsese films, mm-hmm. um, this one aside. I, I, this one just hasn't grown on me like several of the other ones. Um, but what I, I I did like about the film is that, um, in a very Alfred Hitchcockian way, he puts himself right outside campaign headquarters for a brief scene. And I think in the credits he's referred to as as the staring bystander. Is that what it's called? I, I, I think that's how they referred him. I'm sure somebody's going to look that up and call me out on it. Um, I don't have it written in my notes, which I should have. Uh, but um, I thought, well done, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> Get yourself in the film. And, you know, at the end, he puts mom and dad in there as well. in a little tribute. Uh, of course. As the uh, of the parents of the prostitute, which kind of makes me wonder what kind of childhood maybe he had. But that's probably not for discussion for this uh, this particular. Mama uh, turns up
0: in a lot of his films, doesn't she?
1: Well, she does. Yeah. She does. And uh And good for him. Probably (laughs) saved him a couple of bucks on this production, which probably spent far too much money.
0: It wasn't. That was not a massive budget. You know, they were really fighting against that. So they definitely made back a lot more than it cost to make. The budget was $1.9 million. So, yeah. But you're right. Get your your family involved. You're going to save a little (laughs) bit (laughs) more. Or yourself. I mean, he even stepped in to play the... Actually, yes. quite, quite crucial uh, I think taxi cab passenger uh, who's sitting in the back but that oh. was, a, that was um, a case of necessity because the guy that was supposed to do that had not been able to turn up for whatever reason and they needed oh. to film that shot that day so he said I'm going to have to do it so he sat in the back and you know, did the scene
1: Okay, I, I, forgot, I forgot that he had gotten in the cab
0: yeah but I, I'd only noticed him sitting outside the campaign headquarters this time uh, I hadn't spotted okay. him sitting there before, so yeah, that was cute. So so you you like the fact that Scorsese inserts himself momentarily. Is there anything else you like about it? Because I can feel we're on the edge of a cliff here, and it's just going to tumble.
1: Um, I liked Harvey Keitel's performance.
0: I love Harvey Keitel in this. I,
1: I am a fan, I must admit. And um, not that I'm telling any dirty secrets on myself, but uh, in my travels and pimps that I have passed on the street. And none of them really reminded me of <laughs> I was a wee lad in, in 76. So, uh, you know, may, maybe they were, maybe they have evolved. Uh, maybe Hollywood has changed our perception of what those guys and uh, look like. Um, but I, I thought his performance uh, was probably my overall favorite part of the film.
0: Yeah. He was really you know,
1: good. It, it is Now you're going to make me backtrack on my statements of not uh, liking this film as I start to think more about the (laughs) psychological uh, and societal problems uh, that maybe we still encounter today. You know, Jodie Foster is a, I think she's labeled as 14 in the film. Yeah, she's 12, wasn't
0: she? She was very
1: young and uh, certainly a disturbing look at uh, an awful worldwide problem Mm -hmm. for that Yeah sassy you know Mm -hmm. the great jodie foster and and this was one of her early recognizable roles you know i just i think it was just too disturbing for me i you know maybe it's it's a film that if i'm in the right frame of mind which i guess technically would be off kilter frame of mind to sit down and watch it but yeah, that that about did it for me i thought it was long it drug on i thought the dialogue in places lagged
0: so not not a fan not
1: a fan. No, I'm not going to be highly recommending this. I've I, I've got a long list of much better Scorsese films. Uh, <laughs> if you want to make a Scorsese weekend, um, so starting funny. with yeah. starting yeah. with his only win, The, the Departed, which I just Departed. watched again last night.
0: Did you? Uh,
1: oh, I did. It's on it's on our cable okay. box uh, currently. Fantastic film. Here's a good one for the kids, and I bet you didn't think that Martin Scorsese made a kids film. Hugo. Hugo, yeah,
0: that's Hugo. Good, yeah, that's a good
1: 2012, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, an homage to Paris and cinema and filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, brilliant film. The list goes on and on and on, but this uh, taxi driver is not going to hit my list of Scorsese's top 10. It's just not going to. It's I wonder if I,
0: I wonder if I just in general like films that are a bit grittier, um, because this is one of my favorite Scorsese films. <laughs> Some others that people might put higher up the list just don't do it for me i mean i don't know that they're bad they're just not my taste shall we say and i think that's that's the thing isn't it i mean i saw silence when it came out and i didn't know how to respond to it because it was such a personal film Mm from him that i felt like i didn't need to have a comment on it because it was, it was obviously personal to him. So if I said, well, I was a bit bored and, you know, I'm not sure about some of the casting and what, that, that's irrelevant because he didn't make the film for that. He made that one specifically for him. So, you know.
1: Well, let, let me ask you, you, you chose this film. What yeah. is it that you love so much about it?
0: Oh, I love fi- trying to figure out, but i liked it more as i as i keep watching it because i'm just trying to figure out what's happening with him and whether where are the tipping points so you get the different tipping points you you see straight away he's he has difficulty talking to people he's is he a loner or is he lonely? And then I think, well, maybe he's lonely. So he tries to make contact, but he just doesn't have the social skills. He doesn't understand. He takes Betsy to the cinema. That's great. Let's go to the cinema. Why not? And then he take, <laughs> takes her to... And, and I just think, well, you know, God love you, but yeah. do, do, do you not learn you know? anything?
1: You know, that might be something a 14-year-old with uh, social awkwardness does. But
0: um... but that's it. It is He is so interesting in that and that he is so immature in those relationships. Like she mentions, was it Chris Christopherson? Some music anyway yes. that she yes. like. Mm-hmm. He immediately goes out and buys it and doesn't listen to it. He buys it for her. She has it anyway. That's not what it's about. And then he sends all the flowers and he persists in calling her. And she he just doesn't get the message. And you think, yeah. When you're 26, that when if you're 16, maybe yeah, it's just so interesting that he doesn't have that that understanding of relationships and trying to see the point at which okay he's been rejected, so he's rejected there, uh, he's rejected, it he gets rejected so many times along the way, and then he th- then he gets to a point where it's like no, I'm going to clean this, the streets up. He asks the the politician, the presidential candidate, he thinks he should clean the streets up, and he gets this pat answer there. Obviously oh, that's not going to happen, So, right, I'm going to have to do it. And so then he starts to plan and he starts to, to work his way through how he's going to clean up the streets. And he starts to clean up the streets because he sees himself as this hero as wanting to take those, those two women away from the patronising or the pimping care that they are in under. And he can do that because he's convinced himself okay if, if people keep rejecting me I'm just going to take matters into my own hands and I just think it's it's an absolutely fascinating character and so unpredictable as well even though we're watching him do what he does is massively unpredictable and I just love that kind of not quite sure where this is going
1: you know I hadn't I hadn't when I re-watched it um, thought of it in those terms um, and again maybe it's just not being in the right frame of mind when I sat down to watch it. You know, when I go to the cinema, normally I have, I'm going to go see this film. I've built up the excitement, whether it be through the advertising, word of mouth, um, things that I've read. I'm going to see this film so I know that I'm going for the journey. Um, The way that you just described that, uh, bravo. um, (laughs) I I may have to look at this one again because um, I don't know that I looked at it that way.
0: And I, don't know why I,
1: and I don't know why I didn't. When you think about this for a moment, you know, in writing, in good storytelling, you know, you have the hero. And I, I had a hard time wrapping my brain around this guy's the hero. I mean, obviously, he's trying to save the girl. That's easy. That's an easy connection, right? But, but I didn't look at him saving the Sybil Shepherd character, the campaign worker. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't write her name down. Thanks, um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think of that as him rescuing her. I just thought like she caught his eye one day and and now he's smitten. And so it's the pursuit. So I guess all the, the guy and the failures in dating life that uh, come flooding back, like how awkward is he? Now I would have never taken a first date to a pornographic film house. Um, even if I lived in New York, <laughs> you know, I'd, have, I'd have gone somewhere else. Um,
0: and that is yeah, that, one of the things that I was... It, that that I, didn't
1: cross my mind. But you yeah. mentioned, and if I could make a little side note here, Not it's totally completely off tangent, but you mentioned the reference to the Chris Christofferson record. Oh, back in the early 2000 and somethings, I worked on a small Hollywood film called Dreamer. I don't know if I'm allowed to plug these, but uh, Dreamer, based on a true story, which starred Dakota Fanning and Kurt Russell and Elizabeth Shue as a family uh, of horse owners who were, you know, they're... they're they were coming apart basically, and Chris Christopherson played Kurt Russell's father in the film.
0: So oh, good casting!
1: <laughs> yes, and um, and I worked on that film for seven days, and uh, sat in a a box at the racetrack behind the the family, so to speak, for those most of those days. And what a delightful man Chris Christopherson <laughs> is! Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Besides all the talented music and acting just a genuinely great human being so I know know somebody's gonna go and dig this one up either but what a fun guy so I was really uh, I might end up liking this film after all now that you've uh, enlightened me on it Um, we're getting that i not gonna crack my top 10 Scorsese list
0: no well I can forgive you that if you just you know if you sounded like you were gonna have such a downer on it that I'm I'm glad to hear that it's not quite, you know, that there are some positives that you can take away from it.
1: Well, I think I'd be remiss if, you know, being the film guy that I, that you've built me up to be and that I claim to be, (laughs) um, if I didn't mention that one thing that I love about Scorsese films, and he's earned the nickname King of the Tracking Shot, where he has these long, continuous shots that you start at point A, and you kind of follow the character through, and it ends up, you know, somewhere else. Probably Taxi Driver doesn't have, any of his top five or six of these as far as film go. Uh, certainly he's most probably famous for the Goodfellas or casino um, yeah. tracking shots. But I didn't say I didn't like Scorsese. I just don't like this film. This
0: one. I think it does have one of the great shots though where Travis is on the phone trying desperately to, to convince her to, mm-hmm. uh, to meet again. And then, and it just so cringy. And in the end, we leave him on the phone and it just pans down and looks down this empty hallway. And I know people have said that it's like, you just can't bear to, to watch him go through this. But I was watching it and I was also kind of seeing any inkling of hope he had or any sense of relationship, just walking out down that corridor and out the door mm-hmm. while we're standing there watching it happening. And it was, that's, I think that's a great shot. Could we just talk about the, not the end, as in the climax shootout end, because I think that's great, though it is. Um, I'm just curious about the very, very, very end, where he picks up Betsy's bear again in the taxi cab. And I'm wondering whether you, because I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in two minds about whether that has, that made the ending better. Or whether it cheese, weakened cheese, it. Cheese, cheese, <laughs> cheese. Is that what you think?
1: That's what I thought. Um, yeah. You know. Now, now, you force me to have to go back and watch this another time. Uh, <laughs> you know I'm not, you're not in the mood today. You. Let me tell you. But That's um, okay. I, when I when I saw it, um, I think at that point in time, I was already checked out. Yeah. That when when she had she had appeared in his cab for the ride, I just thought. I kind of left liked it better where they left it hanging before that re-encounter. I didn't think that was necessary. The mm-hmm. montage of shot, oh, not montage, but the, the panning of the, the newspaper headlines yeah. wall with the voiceover, I thought that's where it was going to end
0: mm-hmm.
1: originally and would have been fine with that.
0: I was wondering whether, you see, I... I, I, I I view it different ways depending on when I see the film. And this time I watched it and decided, actually, he died. And that mm. anything after that is, is his dying thoughts. You know, that mm. whatever's supposed to flash. Because when she gets in the cab, you don't, you don't see her as such. You see her head is just in the rearview mirror. And her hair is beautifully wafting. It's almost like she is a part of his dying delirium or I mean dreams probably too light and when I was thinking about it afterwards I thought god if that's all in his head in his dying moments that's really good but I'm not convinced that that's what was meant which makes it perhaps a little bit cheesy if it wasn't for that last look where he looks in the the mirror and you can see the madness coming back in his eyes again
1: and, you know, if that's the case, if that's what he was going for, and you, you, you got that, number one, bravo. Um, number two, then I'd say this one might start here. I'm going to backpedal. And I swore to you last time we talked that I wouldn't do any backpedaling. <laughs> I was convinced I wasn't going to have a positive other thing to say about it than the two things that I mentioned previously. If that indeed is, is his flashing moment, you know, your life flashes before you, as some have speculated, uh interesting that his life was perceived as only that short maybe he had suppressed whatever who knows that's a whole thing for a Freud couch i suppose but <laughs> um uh bravo
0: <laughs> no no i he's more
1: brilliant than i uh, gave him credit in that first film
0: i do um, not uh, think that that's right. what yeah i don't think that's what he meant at all okay but i can read that into it and okay because it's a, it's a piece of art and the art okay the artist made it for a reason and the observer can see a different reason in it, and that's fine. And I think I choose to see that end as he's actually dead. Well, certainly dead. you're
1: right, but, but, you know, me being the technical critic uh, <laughs> yes, when it comes to films, and again, not to, are we, are we, are we spoiling any of this for people who have not seen Rachel? Oh of yeah, War? of course, Four or, okay, 40 okay, years okay, old, yeah, enough. yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough, all right, so um, uh, the shootout scene that we just kind of glossed through The shots that he took to his body, and and then, again, uh, the Marine Corps prides itself on every Marine as a rifleman. Uh, I guess he's going to blame his equipment. Uh, Maybe he didn't rig it properly in his sleeve, Mm -hmm. um, but what a terrible shot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, terrible shot. And, you know, I haven't been shot with a bullet before, so I don't have the experience of what that shock is like. Mm
0: -hmm. But it made
1: more sense to me. It makes more sense to me now. But the, 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 the flash, if I recall correctly, and you correct me if I'm wrong, the, the newspaper hero wall with the voiceover came prior to that flash. Correct? With her in the cab?
0: Yes. Yeah. It so is, yeah.
1: so I, think, I think that negates, now that I think about it, that negates what your supposition was. But I like your supposition better than probably the reality of that.
0: Oh, I, no, no, because I think that the idea... Because he, that, wouldn't, he, a,
1: wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been able to cut those things out and put them on the wall
0: Yeah, uh, if, it might, if he was dead. He's viewing. Oh, he's viewing enough. this. Yeah, okay, fair in, enough. In, in my little world, anyway. Okay. In my little world. No. Well, I guess that's great art. You? you can read all kinds of things into it, and everybody's right. Or Most wrong. Most certainly us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh. Now, does that make me a critic? I swear, I would never be a critic, because, you know, it takes a lot of... A lot of heart and vision and talent. And, uh, if you've never worked on a film set, it's easy to sit on the sidelines and criticize. Of
0: course and, it is. and,
1: and, and I hate to do that because I know what it takes to make a film. I've worked on some lovely films, uh, what I thought were really good films. Uh, they meant something to me. And then I worked on a couple that, <laughs> shall we say, probably you're having a field day in the Philippines. Uh, no disrespect to the Philippines or Filipino movie watchers, but, I think that's where the rights were sold and that's probably the only places that they aired. So I know the degree of difficulty it takes to make a film. Um, and I certainly would not belittle him. It just, this one just isn't one I'm going to take to a first date. <laughs> no. This is not one that I'm going to suggest we watch on a, when we're having a down and out. And uh, <laughs> if we wanted to reflect on New York, I would certainly choose a whole bunch of other ones first.
0: It is a New York film, though, isn't it? Definitely. Um,
1: I think it is. I, I think it, it's, a, it's it is. It's a, it is what New York was, and and certainly, in my opinion, anyway, is is not.
0: I, I I was there a few years ago on my own, and okay, being sensible in the areas I was walking around and at certain times of day, but definitely felt a lot different than the previous time I'd been there about twenty years previously. So, um, so basically. <laughs> I picked this because I thought it should have won the Best Picture <laughs> Oscar. Uh, you absolutely, obviously, are never going to be swayed from the fact.
1: I will not, because Rocky still stands up to me <laughs> as a better film.
0: That's fine. Okay, how do you feel about any of the others in the category as well? I mean, obviously, we didn't see one movie, but Network, All the President's Men,
1: All the President's Men I, has has always been, uh, you know, as a historian and a political scientist in my formative training years has always been a political film on my list but again you know and network for different reasons and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i think mainly the acting in that is what really captivated my memories of that film you know it's comparing it's comparing four five well we don't know what the fifth one is so much i don't i don't remember ever seeing that so mm-hmm. forgive me but it's like comparing four of your favorite foods. Yeah. One's the best. Yeah. Um, you know, it is a matter of taste and what kind of mood you're in. I just remember, you know, meeting Sylvester Stallone as a college kid. And in the 30 seconds that he looked at me and I said, hello, I, I'm a huge fan. And he grunted something back. that I <laughs> Whatever. Mm. Uh, you know, I have always just gravitated towards that. And maybe it's, you know, the young kid in me, but... Um, um, would,
0: you, would you take uh, All the President's Men or um, Network over Taxi Driver then? I guess you would.
1: I would. In fact, in fact, you know, having not seen Bound for Glory and not to beat that dead <laughs> yeah, horse, sorry. Um, we. I, I would probably say Rocky, All the President's Men, Network, then Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd have to think really carefully about the order because... No, I think Taxi Driver would definitely be top of my list, but Network is a damn good film. And also, interestingly, there was a line that Travis says um, halfway through, uh, partway through, and he says, uh, here's a man who wouldn't take this anymore. Travis says that. And I think, wow, you've got two films in the same year who've got kind of the same idea of people who have just had enough of people who are not doing what they should do, which, Tells you probably a lot about the state of the world at the time too. Mm. How things haven't changed.
1: Well, I certainly believe that that these films withstand the test of time. Mm. I, I think even made in the year that they were made, you know, Hollywood loves to do a rewrite. You know, would they do a rewrite of these? I mean, you know, the Rocky one is continues and continues yeah. and continues. You've got the next generation. Um, all the President's Men, <laughs> that hasn't gone out of style. Um, you could certainly update that with a slew of modern characters. Yeah. Um, you know, how would Taxi Driver look in 2020 New York? You know, oh, minus yeah. the pandemic and the things that are going on. But, yeah, yeah. You no. Know, how, how would that play? Or, or maybe a better question would be, what city would that sleaze still be um, if you took it out of the United States even?
0: that's interesting what
1: if, you, what if you put it in seedy london
0: <laughs> soho yeah the thing about <laughs> or london go is, a little
1: farther east you know <laughs> moscow
0: well um, the thing about something like london is you can't you can't drive around it so well i mean you can but it's like it's narrow streets and it's not it's not a driving city you'd have to be going on the underground everywhere it's uh, it would be and like, see, and
1: that and that would be the difference. You know, I've been to London a couple of times, as you know, and um, you know, for somebody who hasn't, they think the movies and they think the black taxi cabs.
0: Yeah, know? that's uh, right.
1: And so the question would be, you know, do they go to Jack the Ripper's old stomping ground or <laughs> you know, not to be too cliche or uh or stereotypical, but um, you know, where where, where would that play?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, the news media is its own circus beast, whatever you'd like to call that. So network there, I think there have been some television programs here that have picked up the, the, the card.
0: So we've talked all the way around it. And at the end of the day, we're back where we started. I think it probably should have won though. I would have been happy if all the president's men or, <laughs> Network had of one. You definitely think it shouldn't have. I've shifted hey, you, you a little correct. bit. I've shifted you a little bit, but not massively. I, I will
1: confess, yes, I have moved slightly as I, I, I have listened through your lens, uh, your interpretation of the film. I, I think I think it just drugged for me and I just never got into it. Okay. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna say that's where I'm gonna leave it.
0: That's your final answer. Okay. I have a different.
1: I'll... I have a different appreciation for it now, having had this conversation. But I still think it lists four, and when I see Bound for Glory,
0: okay, five. five. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, I'm <laughs> dreading what you, what your pick's going to be to do to me next time. That's absolutely terrible. <laughs> ah. well, I
1: can't wait because. uh, are we announcing it now, or are we just... We,
0: uh, yeah, well, let's do that then, so that people get a chance to rewatch watch if they want to join in and, right. uh, and listen to us. Dan, what have you got lined up for me next time?
1: Well, you know, um, my sons are not going to agree with me, but in the year 1994, it was all the wonderful and talented and great Tom Hanks and his uh, Oscar-winning performance as Forrest Gump. Uh-huh. But um, I think there's a film in that category that year that probably should mm-hmm.
0: have mm-hmm.
1: stands up
0: mm-hmm.
1: should have taken the best picture, and it's called The Shawshank Redemption.
0: So and if, I cannot wait.
1: I'll if tell Taxi you about Driver, this, okay. if
0: Taxi Driver, drug to use your version of the past tense. This is not a short film, is it? It is not. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Daniel. I'm really appreciative. <laughs>
1: I'll have much more to say.
0: <laughs> as will I, I think. Um, yeah, well, in that case, let's go watch it. I need to be watching. I haven't watched that for a long, long time. I think what we need to do is just uh, thank you. say thank you to our listener for staying with Most us, hopefully.
1: Definitely. Thank you. And hopefully they'll come back. I'll have much more to say.
0: as uh, I'm uh, really sure. a fan of this film. Good. Okay. Um, Dan, you don't do social media, do you?
1: I don't. Okay. Um, for so, all the right reasons.
0: I know. I think you could be right there. But as I'm already in the quagmire, um, if you have any comments, we'd love to know whether you agree with uh, whether you're team Marie or team Dan on this one. I guess you're going to have to direct the uh, comments to me as I am on Twitter. That's at ReezyPie. Um, You can also find stuff that I do at themovieisle.com. You could perhaps drop a comment there if you want to abuse myself or Dan as to our opinions on 1976 Oscar choices. Thank you very much for joining us and we'll talk to you again next time. Bye.
1: Take care, everyone.
0: Original music composed and performed by Martha O'Sullivan.